how are you today? All right. I know it's Thanksgiving week. You're looking forward to the turkey, the stuffing, and all of the good stuff that comes with that. Sweet potatoes. That's my favorite at Thanksgiving. Come on now. You guys ready for Thanksgiving this week? I'm ready for Thanksgiving. Well, listen, I just want to take a moment, and I want to welcome you here today. I want to welcome those who are watching online. We've got people from Ethiopia, Puerto Rico, and the Philippines, as well as those local. Hey, we extend our welcome to you. We're so glad that you're joining with us this morning. And I'm excited because, as you just saw, we're starting a new series called Building on the Rock. Building on the Rock. And over the last nine months, that's like as long as you carry a baby, come on now, right? There's things happening, there's things been shifting and changing. We've been stretched, right? We've grown, we've been challenged. As we've learned about all of these teachings, the famous words of Jesus in Matthew chapter five through seven, the Sermon on the Mount. And so all of these teachings have gotten us to this point as we've dedicated this entire year to Jesus's words and learned about his blueprint for our life. He gives us so many great things in this to teach us how to live a life with him. And so I'm excited. We started with the Beatitudes, the blessings of God, right? We just finished our series, Look Both Ways and In Look Both Ways. Listen, Johnson talked about false disciples. He talked about false prophets. John Bevere talked about the fear of the Lord. Woo! How many of you enjoyed that series? It was good. It was good, right? And so these, over these next few uh, weeks, we're going to talk about, uh, as we finish up the Sermon on the Mount, as we close out the Sermon on the Mount, the last words of Jesus, we're going to talk about building on the rock and what it means to build our lives upon the rock of Jesus Christ. He is the word, right? So the rock of Jesus. And so today, we're gonna dig in to these last words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. It's found in Matthew chapter seven, verses 24 through 27, and it says this. Therefore, whoever here, you know what that therefore is, right? That means, hey, did you hear what I just said? Therefore, right? He says, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded upon the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. Jesus closes his message with these words, right? And that's it saying, hey, if you build your life on everything I just said, everything that I just shared with you in the Sermon on the Mount, not only will you be left standing, but you're gonna be known as wise. I wanna be known as wise. How many of you wanna be known as wise? Okay, really? Like half of you in the room want to be known as wise, right? I want to be known as wise. Come on now, right? I want to be known as wise. Uh, we don't want to be known as foolish. In fact, the message version of that scripture, um, in the message version, it doesn't say you'll be known as foolish, but it says stupid. I'm like, oh, dang. 
Nobody wants to be known as stupid, right? Um, but what Jesus is trying to point out in this scripture, what he's trying to get across to us as he closes out the blueprints of living for our life is that there's a difference in hearing God's word and being obedient to God's word. There's a difference between hearing his word but then actually living that thing out. Of being a, there's a difference in being a hearer of the word and a doer of the word. There's a difference in coming in on a Sunday morning and I hear something great and amazing. Oh, hallelujah, praise, yes, God, that's amazing. Oh, pastor, oh, at the door, oh, such a, so incredible, so good. And then I leave and I don't apply anything that I just learned. There's a difference between hearing and doing because here's the thing, the word of God is not meant to be like a buffet line where we pick and choose what we wanna feed our spirits on. Come on now, desserts are good, right? I tell you, I like, I like a little dessert. I like a little pie, right? But what it's saying here is like we are meant to feast on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, out of his scripture, out of his word. It's stressing the importance about building our life upon him because, and not things that can change, because here's the thing, what Jesus is implying in this verse, he's, he's already seen right? He has seen the winds come. He has seen things happen, right? And he knew what was to come. He knew the winds were going to blow. He knew the waters of adversity were going to rise. It's not just a practical thing in the natural, right, of rain and storms and floods. What God is saying in this is that there are things that are going to happen in your life. And if you haven't built your life upon me, the solid rock of Jesus, you will not be able to stand. So he's stressing the importance of us understanding, taking in everything that he's just said with the Sermon on the Mount. Storms happen. Now I wanna share with you today, I'm gonna share a little bit different with you today as we go throughout the word. And I'm gonna share some dreams with you. I am a dreamer, God speaks to me in dreams. So those of you who are unfamiliar with this, God will speak to us in dreams. Many times it's a prophetic way that he speaks to us. So he will give us symbolism in the dreams to help us see what's either happening in the moment or things that are going to come. And so today I'm gonna share some things with you. This is different. You probably haven't heard something like this today, but I want you to understand these are things I feel like the Lord has to share with us today. Amen? So a few years ago, um, as I just said, I'm a dreamer. God speaks to me in dreams. Uh, it was end of June in 2021. I had a dream where Johnson and I were in this huge high rise, like condo up in the sky, floor to ceiling, windows, it's beautiful. We're like literally in the clouds where we can see out. And all of a sudden, as I'm looking out the window, I see a tornado coming. There's all these cars being like tossed to and fro and it's coming and I yell at Johnson in the dream. I said, get the boys and put them to safety. Put them in the closet. He puts them into the closet in the, in the house and as soon as that happens, I bolt the door and I back up against it and as I back up against it, all of a sudden the tornado comes by and the winds blow up under where it kind of looked cartoonish but the bottom of the door flipped up and the winds blew in but we weren't harmed. Why am I telling you that? Because God was preparing me to let me know we were about to go through some storms in life, that we were about to see some devastation, some things come through our life, and while we were going to feel the effects of it, we were gonna be left standing, and so was our household, so would our kids. So when Isaac broke his wrist the next week and I get that call at 10.30 at night, we were okay. 
as a few days go on, maybe within the next week, my car gets backed into as we're in a parking garage and somebody leaves a note, hey, I'm so sorry, but they didn't have the money to pay for it. Come on now, right? We were okay financially. When someone tried to break in the car with me and then after I had let my son uh, off at work one morning, I'm driving home, they tried to break in the car as I'm in it. Come on now, that's a little scary. But guess what? I was okay. I was protected. A few weeks after that, I get COVID. So did Jeremiah and Isaac. I'm laid down for three weeks. But guess what? I was okay. Here's the thing. Storms are going to come, whether it be a health storm and you or a family member gets a bad diagnosis, right? Or a family storm where there is tension. It is Thanksgiving week. So listen, I know y'all gonna be up with your family this week. Some of y'all are gonna be like, I'm not gonna say anything to them because you're afraid of a fight. I'm just keeping it real, right? Come on now, there's, there, there's family storms, there's, there's job storms, right? There's government storms, there are financial storms, right? There are wars and rumors of wars, right? We're seeing that lived out right now. Matthew 2, 42 tells us that. We're seeing that happen right now. Storms are going to come. And if you haven't built your faith in Jesus, if you haven't built your life upon the rock, if you haven't built your life upon the very words that Jesus said, when these things come, they're either gonna take you out or you're gonna be able to stand. Let me say this. Believing, listen, I gotta be real. Believing and building your life upon Jesus does not exempt you from going through a storm. I know that's not fun words to hear, but I gotta keep it real. See, Jesus didn't say, my followers, hey, you follow me, so you're gonna be exempt from the adversity in life and the storms of life. But what he's saying is, when you build your life upon me, the solid rock of Jesus Christ, when these things come, you will be able to stand. So when that financial or career store comes, right, you can declare and you decree over your life that he is Jehovah Jireh, my provider, because I know who my God is. Come on. When you lose that close friendship, yeah, you can clap. You lose that close friendship in your life, you can declare and decree that he's Jehovah Shema, my God who is with me. He never leaves me. He's omnipresent. He never leaves me. He never forsakes me. So even though I feel alone, God, I thank you that you're with me, right? You get a bad health diagnosis. You are Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals me. So when these storms and these uncertainty of life, when we build our lives upon the rock of Jesus, the word of God, we are able to stand because he is a God who is unchanged. Unchanging. He is our God who is unmoving. He is our God who is unshakable. Come on now. I love what Isaiah 26 verse four says. It says this, it says, trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord, the Lord himself is the rock eternal. He is that rock eternal. He is forever. His word never changes. So he's the rock, right? That's where we put our faith and trust. But let, Jesus also mentions, so he talks about the wise man, but then he also mentions the foolish man or the stupid man, right? Who builds his house upon the sand. And he says this, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. So what is sand? 
Sand is anything that shifts and changes, right? You go to the beach, you pick up some sand, and you drop it, what? It's gonna blow all over the place. Sand is anything that shifts and changes. And so the reality is, your finances can shift and change in a moment, right? Your job, your career, that can shift and change in a moment. Relational dynamics can shift and change in a moment. The economy, right? Government can shift and change. We saw that with COVID. One day, everything's open. The next day, you, are, you have to stay in your house. Come on, right? Media can shift and change. Society can shift and change. We're seeing this in society right now happen before our very eyes, right? All across America, what we're seeing is that there's an all-out attack on children and youth and in the world, like as this change has happened in the public school arena, it's concerning their sexual identity, right? Everything that is good, everything that is biblical is being attacked by this antichrist spirit to come in and try and steal, kill, and destroy people's faith in God and what they've come to know with the word of God. And so we have to, we have to deal with this. We have to think through, am I going to choose to believe man's word and deal with what society is saying, or am I going to choose to stand upon the rock of Jesus Christ and choose to believe his entire word? We have to build our lives on the word of God. Because the word of God is the rock. And so how do we do that? Over the next few moments, I wanna share with you how do we build our lives upon the rock? The first thing is this. We have to believe the word of God is the only truth. Believe the word of God is the, say that with me, the only truth, right? Only truth. First Thessalonians 2 verse 13 says this. And we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. So right here in this moment, Paul is actually, he's praising the Thessalonians for their spiritual wisdom because what the Thessalonians had begun to realize in this moment is they had begun to accept the gospel as a word from God himself, not the product of debatable human wisdom. Listen, you can come to church on a Sunday morning, people all day long say, oh, I don't know if God said that or throughout the work week. Did God really say if we're gonna build our house effectively upon the rock of Jesus Christ, we have to believe the word of God in its entirety. That means no syncretism. That means I'm gonna take this part of Jesus and the Bible and I'm gonna add this over here and I'm gonna blend them together. No, it means no pluralism, saying that, oh, many paths lead to God. No, no, scripture tells us, the Bible tells us that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. So don't be blending your different paths and saying, oh, God understands. No, do you read the Bible? You have to believe the word of God in, it, in its entirety and understand that to be the truth. And here's the thing, we're not only to believe and accept the scriptures that talk about the good things. Come on, thank you for that. Uh-huh, that's right. Come on now. Right, We don't just believe and accept the scriptures that talk about financial provision and blessing and ignore the scriptures about bringing your tithe into the storehouse. Oh, she's not talking to me. Right, We're not meant to only believe and accept the scriptures that talk about the love of God and ignore the scriptures that talk about what it means to live a life of holiness, acceptable and pleasing to him. If we're gonna build our lives on the rock, we have to come to accept the challenging words of God as well as the encouraging words of God. 
Martin Lloyd-Jones in his book, uh, The Sermon on the Mount, says this. He says that the characteristic of a false believer is that he does not face the entire word of God. He just picks out what he wants and ignores the rest, which means that person never completely accepts the nature of sin, the effects of sin, the holiness of God. And if we're gonna build our lives upon the rock and believe the word of God is the only truth, we have to not be swayed of what's popular opinion or what words bring comfort. We have to choose and trust and believe that the word of God is the only truth. Second thing is this, how do we build our lives upon the rock? We're gonna believe the word of God is the only truth and we're gonna stand on the word of God even when it's not popular. Come on now. TikTok, Instagram be telling you what? People be snapping at you, what? Come on, right? You like that, Snap? I'm not on Snapchat, so for all the younger generation in the room, forgive me. My son would probably be upset that I did that that way. But stand on the word of God even when it's not popular. 2 Timothy 3, 13 through 17 says this, but evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived but you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Evil people and imposters will flourish. Deceive others and they themselves will be deceived. I told you I was gonna share some prophetic dreams this morning. So this dream I had earlier this year And uh, this one hit me kind of hard. I had this dream earlier this year, and Johnson and I were on a bus, and we were on this bus with a lot of pastors. And uh, as we're on this bus, don't now listen here, as I'm about to tell you this dream, don't come ask me who those pastors were after service. Don't be like, hey, who did you see in your dream? Don't be asking that question, all right? Come on. Just listen to what I'm going to share, because this is a, a word that I think the Lord wants us to hear this morning. And as I'm on the bus with these pastors, all of a sudden, one of the pastors, uh, uh, all of a sudden, actually, Johnson's like, gets off the bus. He just gets off the bus and goes, and I'm like, wait, 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 where are you going? Where are you going? I'm like, wait, there's my husband, where's he going? And one of the pastors says, oh, don't worry, it's fine. We'll, he'll catch up with us later, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. But I'm grieved in my heart. I'm like, where, what, that's my husband, I gotta be with him, I wanna be with him. The next thing is, now, this bus is no longer a bus, but it's a cruise ship and it's on sand. Now let me give you some symbolism. When you look at a cruise ship or you look at large uh, modes of transportation and dreams, symbolically that represents ministry. So what God was showing me is that there are a lot of pastors, there are a lot of leaders, there are a lot of congregations who the words that they are preaching is being built on sand, things that shift and things that change. 
I see this boat out in the water, and this boat is, is waiting for people who want to go deeper into the water for scuba diving. Now, I'm a scuba diver, so what I know is you need a mask so that you can see clearly. You know that you need an oxygen tank and a regulator so you can breathe deeply. You need fins to help you go, and you need a BCD to help you stay afloat, right? But here's the thing in the dream. These pastors, they, they, didn't, they weren't interested in getting those things to go deeper, and the next thing I notice is the cruise ship leaves on sand and it keeps going. And when I woke up and I began to process, I was grieved. Because what the Lord was showing me, listen, Johnson did not represent himself in that dream. What Johnson represented was Jesus Christ. Because when you look in scripture, the bridegroom, Jesus, that's what he represents. So many times your husband especially will represent Jesus is that Jesus was going, I'm going in this direction. And the Lord was saying, but many people don't wanna go in the direction that I'm going. Many pastors and many leaders are building their churches, they're building ministries on things that are shifting sand. Are shifting sand. And so with that, they're building these congregations on these things, on things that are popular opinion or itching, what itching ears wanna hear. But let me tell you, church, at the end of time, the things that just make us feel good. The word of God is meant to be encouraging. Please hear me on that. But it challenges us and it equips us for when the storms of life come. And so we have to make a decision. What the Lord was saying in that is do not be a church. Do not be a people who are, preach, who are speaking words that are built on shifting, on shifting sand. We have to be a church that continues to remain and stands on the word of God forever and ever, even when it's not popular. So we're reading the words of Jesus year, this year. We're doing the, the Sermon on the Mount and we're standing true that this on the solid rock of Jesus Christ, victory was built and it's gonna stay that way. So you might come in and you might hear things that you're like, I don't like that. I don't agree with that. It doesn't agree with what I think. Well, look to the word of God. Challenge us with it that way because we are building the word, our lives on the word of God in this church here. Come on now. Amen. 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 We can't be swayed by popular opinion or things that are just, this makes me feel good because it's only in Jesus Christ when we, where we build a solid foundation and the words of Jesus. And that is the surest way that we are gonna be able to stand. Now, one of the things that was uh, in this too, in this scripture is that um, what Paul is also exhorting to Timothy in this scripture is he, to take note in verse 15, Paul is reminding Timothy as well, right? He talks about, being aware of these people who are gonna come, right, the deceptors, but also he's saying, hey, Timothy, you have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood. He's reminding them and he's saying, they've given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. That word, it corrects us when we're wrong. It teaches us to do what's right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work, right? And so here's the thing. When we talk about building on the rock, I can't stress how important it is to you as an individual, but also if you're a parent in this room, to build your child up, to train your child up in the ways of God and in the word of God. Proverbs 22.6 says this, to train up a child in the way that they should go so that when they get old, they will not depart from it. At some point, your children are gonna have to learn 
to make a decision to live their life for Christ on their own. But until that point, it is our job as parents to make sure we are training our children up in the ways of the Lord. And so I would just wanna share a few ways on how we do that. How do we train our children up in the ways of the Lord? The first thing is this, it's, pretty, it's, it's reading the Bible and times of prayer with them, right? Making that time with them, spending that time with them to really impart the word of God and help them to understand. The second thing is this, it's having conversations with them regarding biblical truth versus societal truth. Come on, biblical truth versus societal truth. Your kids are being trained every day at school. They're being trained on social media. They're being trained on what the TikTok, TikTok is saying today and that Instagram person is saying today. You have to have the conversation. No, sweetheart, he was born a boy, therefore he's supposed to be a boy because God doesn't make mistakes. Come on. She was created a female in the image of God. God did not make a mistake. Oh, they were just born. No, God does not make mistakes, but we have an enemy who's out to steal, kill, and destroy. And so if we do not teach our children the biblical truth, help them to understand and come to grips with it, then society will begin to do that for us. It will begin to influence them. Third thing is this, is we have to model biblical Christianity in our own lives, in our own words, in our actions. Amen and oh me, come on, right? Here's what that means. Oh, I just, can you please come talk to my daughter because she's sleeping with her boyfriend and you know, I just, I keep, she just doesn't wanna listen to me. Well, maybe you shouldn't have your boyfriend stay the night with you or you stay over at his house. Come on. My kid, he's just acting out. Like, all this, he's cussing me out. And, you know, he's just, he's cussing me out. And he's cussing everybody out. He's so angry. Well, maybe you shouldn't be, you know, giving people the high and mighty uh, blessing them as you drive down the interstate or they cut you off in traffic. Right? Kids are going to model our behavior. Right? Don't do, we tell them not to do things. We have to model biblical Christianity to them. We have to model that in our everyday lives. So if we expect them to live that out, what are we doing in our own lives? How are we modeling that for them? Because here's the thing, they're gonna be faced with their own challenges in school. They're gonna be faced with their own challenges in life and careers later in life. And we want them to be able to stand. So it's important that we train them up. We read the word of God. We talk to them about biblical truth, right? And we model that biblical example. We want them to stand on the word of God. We want them to understand that. Uh, when Isaac was in um, first grade, he had an awful teacher. I know y'all didn't expect me to say that like that, but he had an awful teacher. I'll just, I'll keep it real. She was mean in the, in the words of, um, no, I'm not gonna say that because that would just be funny, but off topic, but she was mean. She was angry. She was an angry teacher. And so um, Mama Bear came out a few different times when I would interact with her with a smile on my face. Um, but uh, every year we'd have, you know, you have parent-teacher conferences. And so one parent-teacher conference, Isaac decided that he wanted to take his action Bible with him. I'm like, okay. I was like, you want to take your action Bible? He's like, yeah, I want to read it. I'm like, all right, that's fine. So we go in. I meet with her. And then she says, Isaac, you know, you can come in now. And he, he walks in. And she's like, Isaac, um, what is that with you right there? And he's like, it's my Bible. And he takes it and he's like, slides it across the table. You wanna look at it? 
And she's like, sure. And you know, she's opening it and she's looking at it. And he's like, why don't you read it? You know? <laughs> she's like, oh, this look, like, I haven't ever seen a Bible like this. He's like, if you want one, my parents can get one for you. I'm secretly like, yes, thank you, Lord. That's my boy, right? Um, I was a proud mama inside. But <laughs> what I recognized is that in times of prayer and in reading the word, that was impacting him. And Isaac was able to discern his teacher needed Jesus in that moment. That was his way to kind of impact her, right? Oh, so how do we build our lives upon the rock, right? We're, we're training, we're doing this for ourselves, also for our children, but we wanna believe the word of God is the only truth. We wanna stand on the word, even when it's not popular, and we wanna trust in the word, the word of God, even if things get difficult, even if things get difficult. Uh, when Johnson and I first went to Israel in 2013, um, I had noticed as we would go into many Jewish establishments and even into the hotel rooms that there was always this thing that looked just like this called a mezuzah, and it was placed on the doorpost. And I, it drew my attention. It just, there was something about it. I was like, why is this everywhere? Why is it everywhere? And I remember asking our uh, tour guide one day, and he told me, you know, this is a mezuzah. And I said, well, what, what is this for? And he said, well, the Hebrew word mezuzah means doorpost. And in Jewish tradition, you put it um, at the entrance to a home, and you also put it throughout the home in doorway entrances to rooms, all rooms except for the bathroom. And uh, so, in, that's right, right? She said, that's right. And I said, that's right. So you put it throughout the home, and it's this box, and what's in it, there's a, a piece. Many, they all look different, but on the bottom, you can unscrew it, and in it, see something just like this. What the Jewish people do is they have scriptures that are on here. They put into here, close it, and they put it on the doorpost of their home. And every mezuzah, has this scripture in it. It's Deuteronomy chapter six, verses four through nine. And it says this, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. See, placing the mezuzah on the door frame was this reminder that every time I leave my house or I go from room to room, I'm living, it's a reminder for me to live out the commands of God and the decrees of God, to stand on his word, to believe in his word that is the truth. It's this visual reminder to me and this indicator to remind me to love the Lord God and put him first in my life. It's a reminder to me to talk with my children about the word of God, read the Bible, teach them the truths of the Bible, the biblical truths, right? And help them understand that the word of life brings, the word of the Lord brings life. And so let me just say this, parents, it is so important, the reason this is, this is even here, it's so important that we are impressing the word of God on our children's hearts. This was the reminder to them. They would put this as they came in and as they went and as they would go. 
And so we have to be people who are equipping, one, ourselves, but also our children to be able to stand against the enemy and help them to be able to trust in the word of the Lord even when things get difficult, even for us. Last week, um, last week I had a dream, and in this dream I had walked up to this beautiful home. I mean, it was so pretty. And uh, the realtor took me into the house, and as she takes me into the house, I'm looking at the house, and the first thing I noticed when I walk in, I was like, this house is dirty, like, this is dusty up in this place. Somebody needs to bring a mop, and somebody needs to bring a Swiffer, right? Um, and I'm like, oh, looking all around, and it's empty. And so I'm like, why are you showing me this home? And she said, well, <laughs> she said, let me just show you the basement. That's where the real, like, this is what you're really gonna like. And I'm like, okay. So I walked down, I, I opened the door to walk down into the basement, and I feel like I just walked into Dave and Buster's, right? There are gaming systems everywhere, TVs on the screen. There's like, and not just gaming system for kids, like there's the adult simulator games, there's the golf game, right? There's the basketball game, you can throw the football, there's all these different things, there's music, the lights are going on, there's these booths with tables where you can sit down and eat, but it's not like a, a dinner table, it looks like a fast food restaurant but I didn't see a bathroom, right, for cleansing. I didn't see a bedroom where I could go down and rest. I didn't see a kitchen where I could share meals. And I didn't see a couch where we could just sit down and talk and have community. And so I look at the woman and I was like, hey, wow, they spent a lot of money building out this, uh, this entertainment area in the basement. And she said, yeah, they took a lot of pride in building this out. And I woke up. And when I woke up, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what does this mean? And the Lord said, Summer, this is the state of many families and many people's lives today. They are building their foundations, those very areas on entertainment, on things that feel good, what makes them comfortable. And while it's okay to have these things in moderation, when you do these things in excess, it leaves no place to find rest in me. In excess, you forget to, about coming to me for cleansing. In excess, you forget about communion and community with me and having that time with me so I can show you things. I can speak to you about things. Church, we have got to get back to building our lives and our families on the word of God. Now listen, hear me. Yeah, come on, you can clap, that's fine, yeah. Listen, I'm not saying these things are evil, right? I'm not saying go home and get rid of your gaming systems, never go to Dave and Buster's. I'm not saying any of that. So I'll be like, oh, Pastor Summer said, no, no, no. That's not what I said. What I'm saying is the, the message of the dream for us was this, is that our foundation, what we build our lives upon, God is saying, would you build it upon my word so that you can find rest in me? Would you build it upon my word so that you can have community with me? Would you build it upon my word so that I can cleanse you and give those things? Because when we do, in times of adversity, we can remember that Jesus is our rock. 
He's our rock. And let me just say this. If you have a lifestyle that's built like that, it is never too late to change. It is never too late to build a new foundation. It is never too late to sow into those things to build your life on the word of God. Because here's what I know. The scripture tells us he is our rock. And in Psalms 18, verse two, the scripture tells us this. It says that the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. He is our protector. That is what that scripture says. And when I take that, I believe it. I begin to stand on it. When difficult time comes, I can say, you know what? No, God, I thank you that you're my protector, that you surround me. Angels watch over and protect me. They surround me with a hedge of protection. Why? Because I put the word of the Lord in me. Psalm 37, 23 through 25 says, the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. I was young and now I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. Come on. He's our provider. And I have seen this time and time again. Those who have built their lives on the word of God, their needs are always supplied for. Even this week, I was having a conversation with somebody. She said, Summer, my rent has gone up $400 in the last six months. And I'm like, oh, dear God, like, how are you dealing with that? And she said, because I, she's like, God takes care of me. She's like, I don't have to worry. I'm not worried. I'm, I always have enough and more at the end of the month. He never leaves the righteous forsaken or begging for bread because he is our provider. He's our peace. Psalm 62 verse two says this, truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. That means you're not gonna go out. You're not gonna go down with the count because he's your peace. He gives you the peace that surpasses all understanding when you're in the storm. So you'll be able to stand at the end. Come on now. A little over uh, 10 years ago, uh, Johnson and I had gone to Belgium, and he was doing some ministry out there, and uh, the Lord had just done some incredible works while we were there, and um, prophetically had just spoke, spoken some things through me to some people there, and um, what I realized is that the enemy did not like the work that happened when we were there. And so when we got home, uh, later that week, I had done what I was, the mom thing to do. That morning, I got up, got ready, did my stuff, took Jeremiah to school and dropped him off at school. And on the way home, got in this horrible car accident where my airbags deployed, my car spun around in the middle of the intersection. I was actually facing the wrong way. Uh, it was awful and um, everything in that moment just, I remember come crashing down. I was, I was, while I was shaken, I was still able to stand. <clears throat> so I'm like, okay, Jesus. And I remember that moment, uh, just being a little overwhelmed with what was happening. And one week later, Johnson's car dies. I'm like, seriously, Lord? So I have a rental, but now Johnson's car dies as well. So now we're out his car. And at the same time, God had told us, hey, I want you to move closer. This is when we were at Hamilton Mill, when we were the pastors there. I want you to move closer to Hamilton Mill to be close to that campus. And I'm like, how in the world are we gonna move closer to that campus when his car has died? He needs a new car. My car is practically dead. Now, like they, were, they like fixed that car, but now they wouldn't replace that because if your airbags deploy, they just total it, but they fixed it. 
and I struggled in the moment. I'm like, God, this is hard. I struggled with trusting. I struggled like, God, how, how in the world, how can we do this? We're out a car and a half, kind of in a sense. You want us to move? That costs money. We've got medical bills. We have car bills. And the weight of everything going on was just resting heavy. But I wouldn't let it take me out. And I remember it took everything inside me, but it's like, God, I'm gonna believe your word. I'm gonna stand on your word and I'm gonna trust in your word, even though I don't feel it right now. It can be, listen, sometimes we have to choose to believe and stand and trust even when we don't feel it. Even when we don't feel it. And I can remember walking into the house, the mezuzah on the door frame, and I would touch it. And as I would place my hand, just real quick, as I went in, beginning to pray, God, I thank you that you supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory that are found in Christ Jesus. God, I thank you that you never leave us and you never forsake us. God, I thank you that you make a way, always when it seems like there is no way, Lord, you are there. You are a protector, you're a provider. Thank you. I begin to worship in that, begin to declare the works of God, begin to declare the word of God over my life. Two weeks later, someone blesses Johnson with a car. No strings attached, just, hey, we wanna bless you with a car, come on. My car's fixed. Six months later, God moves us into our new home up closer to the Hamilton, uh, Hamilton Mill location. But I had to trust in the word, even when things got difficult. So I don't know what kind of storm you have going on in your life right now. I don't know what winds of adversity you might be facing, but I'm here to tell you that when you make a decision to build your life upon the rock, upon the words of Jesus, Jesus tells us that you and your household will be able to stand. And so here's what I wanna do. I wanna take a moment and I wanna pray. And if you're in this room and you haven't been building your life upon the rock, but today you're like, I wanna make that decision. Today you wanna make that declaration of faith. Listen, you could have been sitting here the whole nine months and been like, oh, that's good, oh, that's good. But today you're like, no, I, I really need to apply this. Today's the day you can do that. Today is the day that you can choose to believe the word of God is, is the only truth. Today's the day that you can believe and make the decision to stand on the word of God even when it's not popular and to trust in the Lord even if things get difficult. You might be in a situation right now and you're like, I don't know how much more I can stand. I believe today that God wants to, to lift off some heaviness. He does not give us heaviness, heaviness, but he gives us a garment of praise. And so some of you in this room, you are dealing with a spirit of heaviness. And in the moment, God is gonna lift off that heaviness and he's gonna deposit a garment of praise for you as you choose to trust in him even though you're going through this difficult time. So if you're here and you need a prayer, you wanna make that decision, or you say, I need, or you just say, I, Summer, I, just, I need to stand on the word. I'm going through a difficult time. Listen, I didn't do this last service. Here's what I want you, if you need, like, I just need to trust the Lord because I'm going in a difficult time. I want you to lift your hand up right now. Better yet, stand to your feet right now. Make that bold decision because I'm gonna pray for you before we do a prayer for salvation. Come on, that's right, you can celebrate them. Hmm. Here's what I know, here's obviously what I see, is not only do I see you, 
but God sees you. He sees the difficult situations that, you're, that are going on in your life, but he wants to bring peace in the midst of the storm. So if you wanna lift your hands and surrender, I'm gonna pray over you, and then I'm gonna lead us in a prayer of salvation. Father, I thank you for your sons and daughters in this room where they're lifting up their hands to you right now, those who are online as well. God, you know every difficult situation. You know every trial. You know the winds of adversity and the storms that they are dealing with in their life. But Lord, I come before you, and as I come before you right now, Lord, right now, I speak and declare that there will be winds of change in their life in the name of Jesus. God, right now, I rebuke and bind the spirit of heaviness. Lord, any spirit of bondage that they've had going on in their life that's keeping them from standing on the word of God and believing you are the truth. God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I loose a garment of praise over your people. I loose the spirit of peace over your people, God. We bind the spirit of depression and anxiety and fear that would keep them up at night, the spirit of insomnia that's keeping some of them from sleeping. And right now, I release peace that surpasses all understanding that's found in the word of God. I release an impartation of your Holy Spirit upon your sons and daughters. And God, I thank you that right now, you are men ministering to them. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, fall. We tell the darkness to be gone in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you that right now, some of you are feeling, you are feeling. Don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. You are feeling the presence of the Lord fall upon you. Embrace it. God, I thank you for a spirit of joy that's being released in this moment right now. A spirit of joy where there has been depression, Lord, just this, this hurt, Lord. You're releasing joy. I declare that. Lord, I release it over your people right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you that whom the Son has set free is free indeed. We know we're not free and immune, Lord, to the storms of life. But God, I thank you, Lord, that you are loosing the ability right now. I loose the ability for them to stand as they stand on your word. They believe in your word and they trust you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. If you agree with this, say, God, I receive it. Just begin to receive it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And if you just need to even make that declaration, let's just pray this together, just as the body of Christ. Jesus, today, I turn towards you. I repent of my sins for placing other things in my life that would hinder me from building my life upon you. Right now, I turn to you. I surrender to you. God, I'm choosing to build my life upon you. I'm choosing to believe everything that you say in your word. I choose to trust in you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus right now, I declare that you are Lord over all and over all in my life. I declare that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.